0: my name is dan gretrix and on today's episode of shoe pod we're talking about times of the essence and i'm joined by my colleague another dan hi i'm dan goddard i'm also a commercial associate based in the birmingham Shoesmith office great so dan we often see the words timers of the essence in commercial contracts and you know not everyone knows what that means it's quite a obtrusive kind of term to come across so what does that actually mean for both customers and suppliers? Yeah, I think that's
1: true, Dan. We, it, it's often buried in there, and sometimes it can be overlooked purely because parties might not really understand what the repercussions of that provision is. Essentially, what parties are trying to achieve when they put the words timers of the essence in their contract, that means that the relevant party must exercise either their rights or their obligations, depending on what it is, within the time period stated. And if they don't... They risk losing that right, or there are wider risks involved with times of the essence provisions.
0: Okay. So, if you don't write times of the essence into the contract, does that mean the supplier doesn't have to meet agreed timescales, or what's the impact of that?
1: That can completely depend on the scenario because you can get times of the essence provisions not only relating to the supplier, they can be in relation to the customer as well. Um, the, the core risks of having times of the essence provisions in the contract um, alter based on whether it's right or an obligation. So let's take a supplier example, like you just said. We have a commercial contract with the supplier, we're the customer, which says that the supplier must deliver the goods within 24 hours of them being loaded and time is of the essence and that's expressly stated in there. If the supplier doesn't meet its obligations, that breach of the delivery time is deemed to be a breach of a condition of the contract. And we would have seen in the other shoe pod, Podcasts, the difference between warranties and reps and conditions. So, the breach is deemed a breach of a condition of the contract, and essentially the customer can then go ahead and terminate the contract and claim damages for losses arising from the breach. So, it's doing what it is on the tin, essentially, it's making it of the essence. Let's look at it on the flip side. If time is of the essence, relates to a right that a party has. So, let's say, for example, a party must serve notice within seven days of an event. If they don't, and there's a default on those seven days, then the party loses the right to serve notice, which as you can will imagine in commercial contracts can cause some wider issues in terms of not being able to recover your losses. Unfortunately, the courts do take quite a strict view on compliance with these provisions. And we've seen judgments in the past, especially when we're talking about obligations to serve notice by a fixed time. If they're not served within that time, even if there's a kind of 10 minute delay, The courts can hold quite a strict view on those provisions
0: yeah exactly and you know we've all had it in the past when we're advising our clients when you know we want to make time of the essence and it's those trivial parts isn't it exactly you could breach a time of the essence clause by being two minutes late Mm -hmm. in the context of a much wider you know more important deal Mm -hmm. Um, so going back to that example of the supplier failing to deliver in time Is that an absolute rule or can there be exceptions? Again, that depends on the
1: other terms of the contract. So let's take the the supplier example we've said there. If there's an express force majeure provision in the contract and the supplier can't deliver those goods within the 24 hours because... There's protesters blocking the motorway, which we've seen in the press recently. And that supplier then goes ahead and complies with its obligations in the force majeure clause around notice. There may be an argument for a relief from the consequences of that time is of the essence provision. From a pure common law perspective, if the reason for the supplier's delay is due to the customer. So let's take that supplier example again. The supplier hasn't delivered the goods within 24 hours, but actually the reason for that delay is because something the customer has done. They've not loaded in time. There is a kind of prevention principle in there that we're not going to allow the supplier to be deemed a breach for something outside their control. Yeah, But but that ultimately depends on what's in the contract. I mean, We can see draconian terms where they even exclude that provision, that even if the reason for the delay is because of the customer, the supplier is still in breach. So there's a whole kind of host of going through the entire contract and making sure we're not, Accidentally tripping ourselves up elsewhere.
0: Yeah. And that kind of depends on what the contract's in relation to, doesn't it? Exactly. Because there's goods and services. So let's take an example of a design consultancy. If you need a customer to provide you with certain materials or certain kind of trademarks and what have you, it's impossible for you to then prepare that website mm-hmm. in accordance with the agreed timescales, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So taking obligations, because we've been primarily focusing on kind of suppliers and the obligations that time of of the essence applies to what would you typically say to a customer so if you're advising a customer what would you put in there in relation to time of the essence in relation to obligations rather than the exercise of rights
1: it's making sure there's that protection there for the customer so if you're trading on a supplier's terms you can often see that payment is timers of the essence Um, So if the customer, for example, doesn't pay within 30 days of receipt of the invoice and they're the payment terms, the supplier can then go ahead and terminate the agreement, refuse to provide goods or services. So that's where we can see it on the customer
0: side. Okay. And then conversely, if you're acting for the supplier, what would you do? So let's say I'm a customer um, or I'm advising the customer. I've prepared the contract in there it says, times of the essence for the performance of the services. If you're advising the supplier, what would you do in that situation? It's all about
1: the supply chain management. You've got to look wider than just the contract in hand. So let's say you're the supplier, but you're not the manufacturer of goods. If your contract with your manufacturer doesn't have times of the essence provisions and they're on a reasonable endeavours basis, you can't give that guarantee to the customer because you can't back that risk off with your supply chain behind you. So it's all very well and good in looking at the contract in itself, but you need to do the wider kind of due diligence on what do my supply chain contracts give? Because if I can pass a flow of risk down to you, which I know is backed off with what my supply chain says, then happy, I'm going to just flow that risk up and down. But it's making sure you don't trip yourself up.
0: Sure. And it almost goes back to that force majeure point that you raised earlier, because a lot of the time I've seen on in various commercial contracts, when you're negotiating timing of the essence, it's almost that list of exclusions, isn't it? It's those upfront conversations about, well, actually, yes, timers of the essence, but we can't be responsible for this or we can't be responsible for that. Um, so that's kind of, again, it goes back to force majeure and negotiating that. And it's not just a boilerplate clause to kind of use in that kind of context.
1: Definitely. It, it completely depends where you're sitting in that scenario. If this is a, an agreement with a customer and this is one of a thousand agreements, you may not be able to deviate from your position and you may not have the bargaining power to renegotiate your old terms. So it, it's looking at within, within the whole scenario and saying, actually, what risk can I accept here?
0: Great. So to wrap up, What would you say are the top three things to remember when you see timers of the essence in a contract? I think, firstly,
1: make sure you're understanding the risk. If there's a failure to comply, you run the risk of the contract being terminated as a breach of a condition, and then secondly, being subject to a claim for damages. Um, Secondly, the the point I just made there is understand your supply chain. Dig out your other wider supply chain contracts and see if you can provide timers of the essence provisions. Are you in ability to take that risk on because you can flow it up um and that, that's really important if you are the supplier and you're providing third-party goods and services i think finally i think it, it, it's about considering the other points in the contract as well you can't look at it in isolation so look at where you've got potential release from relief from sanctions elsewhere where are you on force majeure how does it all tie in because you don't want conflicting provisions you don't want kind of obligations of time is of the essence but then a rights to terminate if payments late by 14 days because you've then got a conflict p- position which may bring the validity of the contract
0: as a whole into dispute. sure great well i think that's kind of us finalized on this podcast uh, talking about times of the essence thank you so, so much thanks dan